today on Laura Lynn and Friends. I would repeat Nikki's comments and yeah. add that Tony has been an inspiration to many with his nice. uh, forthright and positive approach to the situation he's in, and many people are amazed, as am I. Welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laurel and Tyler Thompson, and I love being here with you. Uh, we're going to have a great show. We're going to talk to Tony from prison, and he is one of the final four. Um, there's two uh, two guys that are still left. Uh, two of the Coots guys are free now, and we thank God for that. Um, I want to read from my dad's Bible, which I absolutely love to do because he left such a legacy of honor and and wonderful, um, just a wonderful uh, history of uh, a dad who gave everything up for the service of the Lord. He actually worked at Boeing, and then he became a Christian, and he left Boeing to become a missionary, and his boss said he was crazy. <laughs> so um, he underlined, I opened this page, and it's Psalm 68. And it says, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let also let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Amen. I like that, Dad. Let the wicked perish at the presence of God. Well, earlier today, we had a chance to talk to Tony from prison. And so we had to focus a lot on hearing from Tony because he had a, um, you know, he only gets a certain amount of minutes to, to make phone calls. And so we actually got him for, for two, two of those, uh, you know, segments, uh, two 20-minute segments or something like that. And he shared with us just so much on his heart and, and what's happening. And we were also joined by his dear friend, uh, Nikki Tom, is it? Nikki Tom. And she was there, uh, you know, bringing him to Coots, uh, sort of, um, you know, she's been there since the beginning of all that happened. And also Gord McGill, who is a podcaster. He's got a great voice and he is here to talk about what he's been following with this whole case, which there should be a lot more people following it. So here's our call with Tony. Okay, Tony, we've got you on the phone. Thank you for um, for, for calling in. It's so good to hear your voice. Um, before we get to you, Tony, uh, we'll just bring on our guests, which is Nikki and Gord. And uh, Nikki, thank you very much. Apparently, if it weren't for you, you say that uh, Tony might not have been down at Coots that day. And so... <laughs> You bear the responsibility in your heart, and um, and we we are all very sad about what's going on with Tony. Um, and then Gord, you are a podcaster, and uh, you write, you do some writing, and you've been following this story with the Coots Four very closely. And so you you've spoken with Granny Mackay and and uh, with Tony before. So Tony, um, we'll get the best that we can out of you uh, right now. So how's it going today? We understand that. Two of the guys have been set free, and so we wonder if you could give us an update on your situation in jail. Sure. Uh, thank you, Laura Lynn, for having me on. And 
thank you to everyone for uh, out there listening. Uh, yeah, today is just it's kind of a surreal day right at the moment for me. It's coming on at 9.51 p.m. tonight. Uh, mountain time was two-year anniversary of my arrest, uh, along with the other three men as well. So, wow. Uh, so it's it's kind of a kind of one of those days, you know. It's been a, it's been a humble day and kind of a day to reflect on, on two years of being incarcerated, seven hundred thirty days, I believe that works out to. It's uh, it's pretty incredible, and you know, I mean, my my journey and voyage uh, that I've been on has been uh, one way, one of the most amazing journeys that I've ever been, and another yeah. it's been quite a, uh, a never-ending nightmare. All right. But I do feel... Interesting. I, I do feel that, uh, you know, the goodness that's coming out of this is well worth the time me being in here. The, the way it's uniting more and more Canadians and more and more people from across the world into what's really going on behind the scenes and bringing people together is truly the main thing that inspires me and keeps me... Uh, be able to wake up every morning and continue putting one foot in front of the other, trusting in the good Lord plan, because that's exactly what uh, we're all involved in right now. So I feel I feel this, uh, this journey has, it will come to an end sooner than later, and this journey will bring about uh, so much more greatness and righteousness. It's just we just need to continue being patient and persevere on. Wow, Tony, I don't know if I would have such a great spirit. Eh? I'm, I'm uh, you know, just looking at Nikki and um, Gord on the, on the screen, you know, and uh, I don't know if any of us could do as well with the situation that you've kind of been given. Um, it would be really hard. It's a very unjust situation by most accounts. Uh, people are rooting for you. Um, and, and I just want to say they're praying for you and they want to, they're really supporting you all the way and, and hoping that there is justice for you, like you say, sooner than later. What did it feel like for you to hear that the uh, Jeremy and Chris uh, were released from prison or remand, whatever they were in? I was actually excited. I, I, to me, I was grateful uh, that those two gentlemen are free and and all those horrendous stupid uh, unjust charges that they had put on them were, were just dropped it, it just goes to show to the people that you know how could they have kept men like that in behind custody for two years and then just like that you know, they're, they're deemed one day dangerous to society the next day they're free to go and with all the major charges dropped and, you know, some other little charges that really, in reality, uh, they would have never had to spend any jail time uh, for the charges that day they pled to. Like, the guys I've spoken to in jail here, they all just were like, yeah, no one, no one would have had to do jail time for that. So just using that uh, against them was, uh, you could just see again how the holes in the system system is completely filled with holes and, and there's a lot of change that needs to happen and that's part of exposing it right there so I, I just uh, I pray for the men I 
I'm glad they're home with their families. Uh, they are true Canadian heroes in my in my books, and uh, they have big hearts and and they eat well. And uh, I just hope the society continues to support them and love them and help them. You know, as we know uh, now that if they do have charges on their record, that it might be you know harder for them to acquire work or travel or do whatever they need to do so I'm just hoping that uh, the people out there uh, just helps them uh, helps them out you know helps them get through things and get through these little hurdles that we have and uh, and, and never forget them never forget them yes yeah you know what um, that's something that maybe you know we only have a certain amount of time with you so I'll see if Gord or Nikki understand uh, you know what the the ramifications are for what uh, uh, Jerry and and Chris did, um, like when you say involves travel, like is it a you know full criminal record or I'm I'm not up on that. I hope that maybe we'll get some answers to that. Um, for you, uh, I mean, the last time that you came on with us, uh, Granny Mackay was here. She's been a faithful um, supporter of yours, helping you to to you know just stay calm, stay steady during this very difficult time. I know she's been a great support. Um, but they were saying that, um, that your lawyers had been quite problematic. And do you have a new situation now at this time? Yes. Yes. Um, we've changed, uh, course here and, uh, uh, going back first to the bear there a little bit, uh, just like yeah, I mentioned. Uh, shout out to Gregory Mackay. Like again, she's been she's been my heavenly angel that's been there for me and the other three men through the thick and thin of it. And uh, nice. she still continues to to pound the pavement and spreading uh, spreading love and awareness for us. So that's still pretty amazing. And uh, I do I do feel uh, that the situation that's uh, unfolding right now is. Uh, Quite positive, and there's uh, lots of good things to look forward to in the future. And I'm excited to go back to uh, court uh, here on February uh, 20th. So, I uh, yeah, it's going to be an exciting, exciting time to see how things play out. Okay. And uh, just get getting ready for it. Okay. And what are you able to tell us about the charges uh, that, like, did you get the same offer? Uh, that the other guys did, and are, are your charges different, and is your circumstance different? Uh, and, like, what are you able to tell us about your situation? Uh, I can say that uh, I was uh, not offered any, any any deals or anything like that. I think uh, they were just trying to, they were just on a fishing, fishing spree, so to say, and uh, I do feel uh, that they are, they are, uh, how can I say it, uh, that the system is just trying to, to, to find its, find the weak links, and they're trying to manipulate as much as possible right at the moment, knowing that uh, they are, they, it's just like how they've been dragging this on. They've been dragging our court trial on, it's supposed to have been, direct indictment back in June of last year uh, when we were supposed to have trial. And, uh, I mean, it's all they're doing of why things got drugged on. Last minute uh, withholding disclosure and all this stuff. 
So it's just it's a big game, right? It's all we're playing right now. So I think uh, I think for the most part, uh, we just need to sit back and, and see how it plays out. It's kind of uh, still a game of five-dimensional chess, so to say. Right. Um, I'm just wondering, JT, how we can put this uh, out loud so that maybe Nikki and Gord can say hello to him and they might want to chime in with uh, information or questions. Are you able to put it on the, the loudspeaker? Take, take your headset off? It won't work? It'll feed back. It'll feed back. Um, that's super hard. Uh, okay, so um, Gord, um, uh, well, well, let's start with g girls first. Uh, Nikki... Um, I'm sure that you want to maybe say hi to Tony. Let me just reiterate to him uh, maybe what you're um, saying or any, any questions you have for him right now. How are you today, Tony? We've been on the phone many times today already, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she's chats, saying she's today. been on the fo phone with you many times, and how are you doing today? And, yeah, go ahead, Nikki. You know what, I, I just uh, commend Tony for uh, keeping his spirits up and, you know, having faith because yeah. uh, this, is a, this is a good versus evil battle she, and, and I truly believe good will prevail. Mm -hmm. She basically commends you for, you know, uh, keeping your spirits up, Tony, and that um, we know that good will prevail. Uh, so true. And, and Gord, um, just give Tony a quick greeting. He can't actually hear you, but I'll let him know what you're saying. He'll see it later when he's out. <laughs> I would repeat Nikki's comments and yeah. add that Tony has been an inspiration to many with his nice. uh, forthright and positive approach to the situation he's in, and many people are amazed, as am I. Right. So he says many people are amazed, and he... Uh, he's, you know, you're an inspiration to many and, and we're just standing with you all the way, um, Tony. So, um, what do you want everyone to know? Like you go back to court, um, t tell me about, um, it, do you want people to show up to the courthouse to support you? Would that be a good thing, Tony? Yes, uh, Laurelyn, I think that would be, uh, that'd be quite, uh, wonderful to pack our courtroom and the courtyard and whatever else we can pack out there uh, next week would be uh, fantastic just to show show the system how we stand in unison together. I also like to mention too. Uh, I just I want to reach out there to Gord if he's, when he's listening. And yep, he thank is. Him again for all the hard work you know he's done lately, and and uh, from a fellow truck driver to another, you know we speak the same language, so it's pretty it's pretty awesome. To have such wonderful people like Gordon in, on the Freedom Court side, and uh, and Nikki as well, Nikki and Danielle. Like I do speak to Nikki every day, literally every day in the last uh, 20, 22 of August. Nice. I've uh, called Nikki pretty much so, and, and Danielle as well. So those two ladies, uh, I've known them my whole life. They're hometown heroes, and uh, mm. they they've done so much work. Uh, literally sacrificed all their time lately uh, to help us, not just me, but to help the other three men in multiple occasions behind the scenes, checking in on them with their medical and, and health and, and uh, always uh, rooting for them and, and, and stirring up stuff, you know, and getting, uh, getting the system aware of the unjust treatments that we've experienced uh, 
behind these these walls. And, and that's a big thing that I feel going forward down the road is what I want to keep uh, doing uh, for these inmates is, is being a voice for them. There's a lot of inmates here that are that that are being, that are suffering and, and they should be treated the way they are by the system. They're they're used as more or less uh, cattle in a in a in a game of uh, of uh, business. Like this is we're clients almost the words that they use we're, we're clients it's the system and uh, it's not about rehabilitating and keeping guys out of here and getting them back into society doing good things it's system purposely puts them to them just to keep them in the system so they can collect you know money from taxpayers and and uh, it's incredible i've been i'm screaming out at the top of the roof there to, to someday see a full audience full forensic audits on all the books uh just to prove what the system's like, and it, it probably might even represent uh, exactly what they just found on that arrive can app that they're going through. Uh, kind of a scandal. It is a scandal, and I I bet in the end they're going to be pretty sad that uh, you're um, that they they actually kept you because you you're probably seeing a lot of things about the prison system, and maybe you could be even someone who brings reform one day, and that would be you know a very good thing. For your personal situation, where is it at now? Um, uh, where are the finances? How do you finance your defense? Right at the moment, uh, I'm, I'm pretty much relying 100% on on patriots to, to help me out uh, mm -hmm. with fundraising and donations. At least now, now that we're going in about a way, we know that our our uh, Money coming in is, is used 100% wisely instead of previous lawyers that it just seemed almost like a black hole. You just keep throwing money at it, throwing money at it, and, and it just kept like draining and draining and draining without nothing really. And is there something so, you can do about that, Tony, about what those lawyers have done? Yes, I'm working on that, uh, Laura Lynn, behind the scenes. Uh, I want to bring uh, that all to light at some point uh, for sure because uh, that needs. We need to we need to you know hold everyone accountable to they're all complicit in what's going on here so yeah you know the amount of cost that it's cost uh, me and uh and the other men as well i mean wow it's all the, all the guys that i speak to and show my invoices to here behind bars they go i've never seen anything like that like they've never seen bills like that before ever and uh and a lot of guys have been in and out of this system a lot and you know, can vouch for that and say that's just that's unheard of. It's unheard of to spend that kind of money. Well, unless it's political, but you know, here it is. So it just states it pretty much there how political this really is for the amount of cost that it's been. What is a day uh, where you are like uh, Tony? Um, what, like, when you get up? What What's the routine? All right. So, like most days, at seven a.m. Uh, there's lights just come on in your cell, well, the lights never really go out. There's always lights on. So for the last two years, I've slept with the light on, which has been a hard transition to get used to. So that's one thing I look forward to, is being able to just have a sleep in the dark. Okay. <laughs> small <laughs> things, yeah. On. Yeah, the small things. Yeah. I'm really adamant about bracing the small things. So the daily, kind of the day starts off at 7 a.m., you're up, it's Breakfast is served to you uh, at, a, at a kind of a window where you show up. 
you line up like sheep, you go there, you get your tray, and you sit down at your table, you eat, you put your shit away, and then you go back to uh, you go back to your cell and and uh, hang out there till eight thirty or so in the morning, and then cells open up again, and all the cleaning supplies are out. This is I'm speaking of Lethbridge where I'm at right now because each jail is different, but uh, for the most part, this is basically how it is. Yeah. So it opens back up at eight thirty. You can you clean your cell, you tidy up, you do your thing, you can, you know, get out, do some walking around in the unit. It's kind of a quiet time in the morning. A lot of guys just want to go back to sleep. And some guys just uh, watch TV quietly or they sit around the phone like I do and either talk on the phone or uh, read the newspaper. So basically that's our only uh, media interaction is uh, daily newspapers. And uh, then we have uh, Newsweek. We got Newsweek and and all the basic uh, other mainstream uh, propaganda channels that are like, on the Canadian side. Hmm. Do you get you date? One minute remaining for this call. Oh, I you got. Back, Laura Lynn. I actually got time. I can call yeah. back for another 20 minutes. You can? Okay, that'd be great. And and I'll chat with uh, with Gord and yeah. uh, Nikki while well, call back. Okay, that'd bye. Be good. That'd be good. Yeah, so um, t- tell me, uh, you know, what. what does that sound like sort of what you've been hearing, I guess, uh, Nikki and Gord from him? And anything you'd like to add to this very perilous situation, what we should talk to him about um, when he gets back? Because um, he's still in there and two guys are out. I think, Laura Lynn, the biggest thing right now is Tony's been so uh, suffering with massive health issues. Um, he's right. There needs to be reform on these facilities um, I actually had to hire a second lawyer to deal with his health care or his lack of health care um, that's been given to him in the last two years. Uh, it's rather disturbing. Um, I've actually received letters from other inmates also that are very concerning of what's going on in these facilities and there needs to be accountable, accountability held to, um, to what's going on here. Wow, yeah, that that's really interesting. I agree. Um, some people I know uh, when we've had Tony on before, um, and when we've uh, actually when we discussed this situation, um, you know, with the other two, some people feeling that uh, oh, you know, maybe they've sold uh, sold sold out, you know. And um, I got him coming on here. Um, you know, that maybe they've sold out, or uh, do you think there's any chance of that and it'll be a bit more difficult, you know? I think that the situation is quite complex, and what happened with Chris and Jerry are false confessions pulled out of men who've been through some pretty major psychological trauma being where they are. Right. Okay. Um, yes, uh, uh yeah, Gord was just talking about uh, what a complex situation it is. Um, some people have said, like we've seen comments on our, our feed, uh, Tony, that the other two guys, um, you know, they, they maybe took plea deals or whatever, and, and that, that this could be harmful maybe to your case or to the other Chris. Any thoughts on that? I don't think so. I think when all... Uh everything comes out in the wash it's yeah going to paint a different picture okay those men uh like they're under some duress and serious duress i believe and i think they was manipulated and, and uh and almost forced you know it's just 
I, I have uh, no ill intent feelings to anybody. Uh, yeah, amazing. Feel, uh, you know, I, I feel it's just part of the planet. It's just what mm-hmm. needed to happen. Again, like I said before, it just it keeps proving the point here that why would they keep two men like that? If basically, they've known all along that they couldn't uh, make any of those ridiculous conspiracy charges stick to them, but yet they still kept them here, charged them with something that should have you got a slap on the wrist, really, not jail time. Right. So that's a big thing that people need to focus on. And, uh, and again, it's the whole bigger picture. It's not even our situation. It's the whole situation of the real true crime that was committed by the system starting in March of 2020 and what they did with lockdowns and all the force, uh, the force, you know, what's that they did to all of us and the destruction of business and mental health and, and, uh, and even down to physical harm and damage caused by their uh, lockdowns and mandates. I mean, that is the crime of the century, and that's something we can never forget and must hold them accountable for. Is that basically, is that, sorry, sorry, Tony, is that basically what people were at the Coots border about? Was it about the mandates? Was it about the, the tyranny, basically, that was being faced by truckers and the like? Pretty much so, yeah. It was just a combination of everything. Uh, you know, all that and the fact of a small business being hurt so bad and, and seeing what they were, what the system was doing uh, to our mental health and especially the children, you know, seeing, seeing uh, I've seen a lot of young kids there at the, the protest and they understood what was going on, you know, and they came up with a big smile on their face and and handed me homemade cards and homemade cookies and muffins and, and thanked me. They, they understand and knew exactly what was going on there. So to me, that's, that's what inspired me to, uh, uh, to just hold the ground there and stand our ground, you know, because we, we, do, we do this for a greater purpose and, a, and, a, and a, for humanity's uh, sanity. Like, uh, we can't, can't continue to carry on like that because, uh, you know, we're seeing the side effects and the damage done uh, with that. Could, could you imagine if uh, the Freedom Convoy never never rolled to Ottawa, never went to Ambassador mm. Bridge, never went to Putin? Where we'd be at right now? Yeah. Like, that's a question that people need to really ask themselves. Like, how much more tyranny would have been put on us at this point? It's just the sky's the limit. You can use your imagination. It's probably a really mm. dark thing. Mm. Agreed. They got a real big wake-up call that the f- small fringe minority wasn't so small. And uh, I enjoyed my time. I'll never forget it. I lived an epic time going to uh, on the Freedom Convoy all the way from Delta, British Columbia at 7.30 a.m. at the very start and heading with all the guys um, in our vehicle and staying there for three weeks till everyone was gone. And then we headed out and we yelled freedom on the way out. And then the cops almost stopped our vehicle. It was epic. I'll never forget it. It was it was quite something. But in the middle of this, here's... Uh, you know, you four, and now we've also got uh, Jeremy, no, um, I'm sorry, what's his name, James? Uh, James Sowery. Yes, Sowery. Yeah, yeah. So we're praying for James, and hopefully there's an appeal and something that can help him. But, Tony, what are your opinions on what's happened on on the the Canadian justice system, on 
um, keeping, you know, guys in jail. And I, I'm so glad that your spirit is so high. And I know that that's the Lord. I know that the power of the Holy Spirit is with you. And that's why you are able to be so strong and positive. And I, I just, I really, truly see that that's evident, but then there's, um, you know, this reality of what you've lived, what they've done, what they continue to do to you. Um, what do you think of it? You know, at night when you put your head down, well, I, uh, I, first of all, I have absolutely no regrets of my time uh, at Coots. I know in my heart where I stood, mm -hmm. and I stand for the people, and I stand for, for righteousness, I stand to defend uh, all of our rights and freedoms, and doing it uh, with the Lord's guidance. You know, I'm not a violent man. I have no ill intent towards uh, to anybody. Uh, I just... I just wanted to be a voice, and I wanted to do my part. I felt uh, as best I could. Growing up, my my father was a was a Canadian peacekeeper, and so I had high respect for the veterans and veteran communities. I have a lot of friends, younger friends that are my age and, and younger that that are retired vets, uh, and they've been all over the world. And I, you know, my heart goes out to them as well because I. I feel, you know, they, they had it in their heart as well to, to do something for their country. And my, uh, my time was during the Coots, uh, Coots protest. That's when I thought this was it. This was my opportunity to do my part, uh, to uh, stand for, for our rights. And so, yes, I, uh, I wanted to just also mention... Uh, about James Sowery again, yes, people need to uh, please keep him in your prayers. Again, that just goes to show his ridiculous charges of uh, assault with a deadly weapon. Like, how can that be when he drove over a pylon? You know, pylon, man. I don't mm -hmm. think the pylon has any rights, so <laughs> I don't know why the pylon would even uh, charge him. So it's, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Again, sharing that information with other uh, inmates in here they they couldn't believe it they're like what you know he got 10 months or 11 months or whatever he got for driving over a pylon i'm like yeah nobody got hurt and there was no intent to hurt anybody so i've uh there's been some inmates that have just left uh my unit to go across the hall to where he is mm -hmm. and so i just you know i tell the guys to educate them and i i'm pretty sure they're going over there to uh welcome James with uh, open arms and, and support him and make nice. time over there uh, if, if possible. You know, we just uh, a lot of ninety nine point nine percent of all the inmates I met are all on our side. They all understand what's going on, but they just felt like they've been pressed by their voice. Uh, no one wanted to listen to them, right? Because the system has painted them out, portrayed them to be bad, evil people, just because they stole a car and something stupid like that. But when I look at it, I see their true intent and in their heart they have morals they are their family men they care for their families and they want the best for, for society as well the sad part is the true bad guys uh they're the guys that are getting released all the time and they're the guys that are in a unit a protective custody unit that they're not intertwined with uh with the general population unit. And general pop guys seem to we seem to have our own justice system behind these walls you know and Somebody, uh, somebody's caught on the, in the news, you know, with bad action is the term uh, the inmates call it. If you do some bad action, 
uh, you know, anything involved with hurting women or children, and uh, they find out about it, well, you know, you're going to get jailhouse justice. Right. We've heard about that kind of thing, and it's interesting. They take... Uh, you know, they take care of the pedophiles better than uh, our justice system certainly is. If you come to BC and you're, uh, you know, a doctor, you might get promoted by Dr. Bonnie Henry. So we'll be doing an event on that. Yeah. It's, you know, we're trying to expose this garbage uh, all the time, but your situation really lends itself. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a less serious question, but are you, can you can you have a Bible study there anymore? Or what's that like? Is there any Christians in there? Oh yes, yes, uh, there is. I've, uh, I've chatted with a few guys already about that. Uh, nice. My previous cellmate, he just left uh, here today. He's a young guy, and and I explained my situation, and he really took it to heart, and he he started to he you know put two and two together, going, "Wow, you know, if he was stressed out just for being an hero for a week," and uh, mm -hmm. I just I calmed him down and gave him some prayers and. I read scripture to him, and, and it, you know, it, I could kind of feel uh, the Holy Spirit help me out on that. It, it kind of washed over him and, and made him feel made him feel loved and cared for and, and welcomed. And uh, that's what I just wanted to do with everybody I meet, everybody that I have a chance to help spread the word on that and, and spread God's love. Is uh, it's just one more uh, one more one more guy that we got on our side down the road. And I, I do feel I plant a lot of seeds in people's minds with that. And I do feel that my my testimony and story reflects on that as well. And they see with their own two eyes that it's helped me out. Without it, like I told them, without it, I, I couldn't imagine where I'd be mentally and spiritually. I would be in a really dark place. Yeah, I, I can would, see. Uh, build, yeah, Some people have compared you like to really, Paul the Apostle. I know, that's very, I've heard that many times, and yeah. I just, I, I, that melts my heart. I, wow, I, I don't what an know, honor. I can't compare myself to somebody that, uh, <laughs> not amazing and powerful, but I, yeah. I, I'm trying to do my part as best I can to, to walk in his footsteps as well, because that is uh, pretty powerful stuff. He does. Yeah. Well, we just see, you know, such a beautiful spirit. You're, you're being treated so unjustly. You could be freaking out, you know, suicidal. Um, you know, trying to hurt yourself or whatever, um, but you're not. You're just, you're just strong and you're good, and that yeah. that's so wonderful. Yes, exactly. And uh, the guards, the guards notice it. Uh, they comment on it all the time. Do they? You know, a lot of them are behind the scenes are, are very are very friendly and very nice. You know, they nice. obviously have to watch what they say, but when it's when just one on one, and I'm speaking with them. Mm -hmm. They all give me uh, praise, and they all uh, are standing with us, and they, they see through. They see they see it all the time, every day, what's going on mm -hmm. behind these walls. And so they see the level of corruption. But uh, you know, I just tell them, I'm like, you know, at some point, everyone has to pick a side, and at some point, somebody has to uh, call it out for what it is. You know, so. I just tell them, uh, you know, do what you feel is right in your heart and and uh, do the right thing like that. But, again, a lot of support from them. There was actually a bunch of guards that were down at Coots that were there uh, supporting us, which is pretty amazing. Wow. So, yeah, there's 
there's a lot of them think about that, that. wow yeah yeah yep. you know i think there's That's more people on our side right that then then realized yeah. uh you know even the left and Trudeau like to think that it's some small group that stood against him. It was actually the majority of the of, of the entire country, um, you know. But people, for whatever reason, are are less uh, courageous and certainly um, didn't want to pay the price that you have paid. Um, with your situation in in court, uh, what what might you see being the best possible outcome? Like, what would be something we can pray into and ask the Lord to to set you free? out of here, what would be a, a possibility that that could take place? Well, I would say that we just finally have our day in court and actually yeah. uh, lay the cards on the table, the actual cards, and uh, let's go through the real disclosure here and let's let people decide, uh, let's let people see everything for what it is and yeah. instead of trying to circumvent it with all these with, you know, tricks and trickery that they do and, and filibustering, you know, it's just, uh, it's just more or less the crown just goes there and talks the whole day away and we get nothing accomplished. Uh. And the day, of course, you know, starts at 10.30 and it goes on uh, till, till noon. And then do you get to go? A half hour lunch break. Yeah, do you get to go to court? You actually be present in yep. person? Yep. Nice. Do you get a good yep. lunch? Yep, yeah, I get to go. No, no, they give us a horrible uh, oh, bag darn. lunch there, a couple of celery sticks. Uh, oh, you don't even get a good lunch on a court date. That's horrible. No. Oh. oh. I know. That's, I can't believe it. Yeah, as a lawyer, you'd think after paying her that kind of money that uh, <laughs> you'd have a good lunch. I know. Oh, that's for sure. I wonder if there's a way we could change that for you. Um, so if you get your day in court, remember that closed envelope? Mm. And when you're gone, I'm going to talk to Nikki and um, and Gord about it. But, you know, that closed envelope, have we ever found out what was in that envelope that no one will open, as I understand it? No, I think uh, for now, that's just going to sit on the sideline uh, for a later date. So really? See on that. Okay. Well, um Anything, because uh, I know they're going to yell at us and tell us that your time is done, but Tony, just just tell us a little bit more what you want people to know, um, how we can pray for you, how we can help you. I think uh, Granny Mackay has set up a, uh, you know, a GoFundMe page or something like that, right? Where's the best place to, to help you? Yes, I do believe uh, that Go, Give, Send, Go, or I think it is, or is it the... I'm not quite sure. Actually. You know what? We'll pull it up. You don't worry. Yeah, we'll go to her page. Yeah. Granny's got it yeah. all over the place, and we'll just, uh, uh, yeah, we'll find yeah, it. She's it on is, Facebook. Right? It is very, it yeah. is very helpful. And again, I appreciate, I appreciate everything, everything that everyone uh, is doing uh, for for us. Uh, and more or less, the most important thing is just keep continue to spread the awareness. I think that that has more ground to stand on. Uh, than anything is just taking the time and going to coffee dates and meeting people and and that's what I want I'm hoping people continue to do is continue to grow our community this my time in here is uh, would be in vain if if we didn't continue to keep connecting and and uh, building our love together sure. uniting across the entire country more so you know like first of all we have to 
worry about our uh, our small, tight-knit communities that we have, and then we can amalgamate with others. And at the same time, we need to stay involved in our local area politics and uh, go to the school board meetings and, and go to the county uh, meetings and listen to them and speak out and, and start maybe even taking roles in those positions and, and taking it back from the ground up. We, as much as we'd all like to just see the federal government, uh, you know, get, uh, get uh, voted out tomorrow and a massive change happen, we know that's probably not going to just happen. What we can do is start in our backyard and, and clean house, clean house that way. And like we see, look at that one man there, I can't remember his name, uh, in Calgary, who's, who's now dedicating his whole life. He's got 60 days and 500,000 votes to get a, a leftist uh, mayor out of the city of Calgary. Uh, I mean, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's what we need to start doing. Wow. So, yeah. you know support people like that and get that shared and, and start doing it in all our communities. Like every city, every community has uh, these thorns that we need to uh, unpluck out of our backsides. And uh, yeah, I do believe that's that's where I want everyone to concentrate as much as they can. I know times are, are tough out there and, it's, you know, there's going to be some more bumpy, rocky roads ahead, but together, unison, under God's love and guidance, we'll be able to get through no matter what the system thinks it's going to throw at us. We've already conquered it. Yeah. So let's just never forget that. Let's pray for a brighter future. Let's pray for the main, for the main outcomes to be revealed to the masses. And uh, let's just keep praying for, for love and unity. And let's keep uh, keep our children safe and protected from from all the little attacks uh, that the system's been trying to do with them. Amen. Get involved uh, with their lives more than everything. Tony, I can't wait to meet you. I mean, you probably don't even know what I look like. So <laughs> we've had. Yeah, Granny. Granny was going to send me <laughs> a picture. One minute remaining for this call. Granny was going to send me a picture, Laura Lynn. Right. I got a picture of Gord now. So like, who's Laura Lynn? Yeah. The name. Yeah. That's so I'll awesome. I'll get a picture of you. Yeah, that's awesome, Tony. Yeah, I can't wait nice to, to see everybody. Yeah, we can't wait to have you out. Uh, I'll have you in person on, on my screen so everyone can see your face too. We love you. We're praying for you. May God be with you. May God bless you and keep you and keep your spirit strong. We really right, love you. you. God bless you guys too. Love you all. Love okay. you all with all my heart. Take care. Okay. Have a wonderful evening. All right. Thank you. Bye, Bye. Tony. Thank you. Oh, well, I got a little emotional at the end there. Like, he's got to go back to just, you know, endless, endless days in this uh, hellish situation that he is really doing well, isn't he? Gord, what do you think of his spirit? It's pretty amazing. Yeah, Tony's been pretty inspirational. He's kept his head screwed on straight, and he's kept continued marching forward and exuding an inner strength that's uh, quite commendable. If I may, I can't stay too much longer. I have another commitment tonight. But yeah. I want your your watchers and listeners to understand something like we have to zoom out from this situation, um, even away from the men, and ask some bigger picture questions about what happened here, especially with the release of Jerry and Chris Lysak and the dismissal of all the major charges against them as if they didn't have any evidence and the charges were baloney to begin with. 
if we supposedly live in a democracy where people are allowed to protest, to air their grievances, to say their peace, and this is what happens when it's politically expedient for the government to pick people up, throw them away, uh, charge them with ridiculous things, deny them bail, um, keep them away from their families for two years. Um, if that happened to these guys, that can happen to any of us. Do we still have a democracy? Do we still have freedom to protest? Do we still have freedom of speech? These are some pretty major questions related to this case. And unfortunately, I've seen nobody ask them. That's, that's bad. That's very, very bad. Yes, and silence on the, uh, in, in the mainstream media on all of this. Um, Nikki and, and Gord, I know that you, if you just have a couple more minutes here, but um, I'll just ask Nikki uh, your thoughts right after that. What, what do you feel you've been so emotionally entrenched with him? You know, it's truly a travesty that um, we're even, even allowing this to go on in our country, um, that we had four men treated, I mean, we wouldn't let our animals be treated like this, which is, is a travesty of its own. I mean, these, the living conditions of these guys and for people to know that this could be, this could happen to anybody. And, and once precedence is set, um, basically it gives them the power and authority to, to where they can do this to anybody. And, and actually that should, that should scare everybody because, uh, we don't have a justice system. Right. Gord, when you talk about nobody saying anything, um, I'm not sure if you actually live in Alberta as well, but um, it's been tough. Like a, a lot of people think that uh, Premier Danielle Smith could say something more than she's done. Uh, there's quite a few people who could say something. Obviously, Premier Smith has political considerations and legal considerations about interfering with the case, but she does have a platform and she does have the right to speak on things especially in light of what we found out last Tuesday with the plea deals for the other men, that the original heinous charges against them were nonsense. And, um, you know, I, I imagine a lot of conservatives uh, watch your show, maybe, I'm yeah. going to guess. Yeah. And the conservative media have been equally silent as the CBC and CTV and all the regular, you know, you know the usual suspects, as yeah. it were. And I'm very, very disheartened with how these guys have been forgotten by people who are ostensibly on our side. Like, is it politically expedient for you to dismiss the basic principles of democracy and throw four men's lives away? Like, come on, guys, what's your problem? It's time to speak up. The time was yesterday, and today's a good day to start. Yeah, good for you, Gord. And do you find that uh, you're running into people that still have no idea that there's four political prisoners, uh, you know, two now released? But it, it's shocking how few people had heard because not even not a lot said on rebel media, um, did different ones, you know, like where's the out, outrage? Well, you know, that's true. There's, I, I don't blame people necessarily for not knowing because our media ecosystem has made sure that they don't know. Mm -hmm. And then there are people who do know and haven't done anything and haven't used their platforms to say anything about it because they were dealing in false information or they believed lies told to us by the mainstream media, by the government, by the crown. And I, I, I just... It, I find it extremely difficult to understand 
why this particular case, which ties into all of these principles, has just been ignored. Like there's something going on here and it needs to be investigated. Yeah, and I sure want to know what's in that envelope. I just can't get past that. But um, I just want to know, you know, what's going on and why have they, why has this become so important to to let injustice be so obvious? Uh, maybe trying to send a message, maybe um, that somebody's at fault somewhere, and and I don't know. This is just so wrong. Um, I'm I'm so glad that you keep covering it, uh, Gord. And where can people watch your program? So I do an audio podcast. It's called Voice of Gord, which is making fun of my voice. Uh, inside <laughs> joke in the title. And then I, I, I write for Newsweek, uh, the American Conservative, Compact Magazine. I write for a bunch of different outlets online. Uh, the best place to find my writing and uh, podcasts in relation to the coot situation and other things going on in Canada is uh, autonomoustruckers.substack.com. Autonomous Truckers. And are you on X? Uh, tentatively. We'll see how long I last this time. Uh, at Gord okay. McGill. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you're, you're fun. You're a riot. Listen, we can let you go cause you got your appointment and then I can uh, finish up with Nikki and, and, uh, kind of cover that angle. Um, would that be a good idea? Gord? Yeah, yeah, no, no. Thank you everybody. Yeah. And keep, keep praying for these guys and let's, let's get a good result here at the end of the month. eh? Yes, sir. I like your voice, Gord. I, I would not make fun of your voice. I kind of like it. It's kind of <laughs> raspy and deep. It's good. <laughs> Thank you All so right. much, Laura Lynn. Have a Take good night. Care. Good night, Nikki. Good night, everybody. Thank you good so night, much. Good night, All right. Okay, so Nikki, um, uh, I, I kind of, I'm so interested in this emotional connection mm. that you must feel for Tony, feeling that you guys were friends. Uh, he's down there at Coots in whatever way, I guess you invited him and stuff. So has this been hard on you personally to watch your friend uh, just literally rot away in jail, although he's doing his best? Yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been tough. It's been a struggle. Um, you know, when we left for Coots that morning, nobody knew what we were going down there, um, what was going to happen. Um, we didn't know what we were going into because it was just a grassroots movement of the people. And uh, actually, on our way down to Coots, our whole group stopped on the side of the road and kind of uh, made a mess of traffic for a little bit because uh, we actually didn't even know what was going on or uh, what the whole plan was. So it's been hard because, um, you know, you go down and you don't leave people behind. And right. that's been the hardest, that's been the hardest struggle of this all. And the, the travesty that these men have faced um, being locked behind bars for 700 plus days. Um, tr we treat our animals better than this. Um, yeah, horrible. To be, ser yeah, to be served rotten food, uh, triple bunked um, in a cell that's filthy, can't get proper health care, can't get a proper mattress, can't get access to a doctor in time. Tony's been waiting another month um, to see another doctor again. And he actually had to ask them in his um, request letter, he says, I'm not in contract with AHS and I'm not in contract with this facility. So why are you denying me health care? And we'll see um, if he actually gets, you know, some help. But like even Jerry Moore and he was held in a gang ward. You know, the, these men aren't criminals. And to be held in, 
in facilities like this, it's, uh, it's rather disturbing. And if the people understood what was going on in these facilities, they wouldn't put up with it for a second. Yeah. Can you humor me a little and just kind of describe, um, was he, was he taken in the very day that you guys went down to Coots? Did they arrest him on the spot down there? No, so we actually went to Coots on the 29th of January. Yeah. And Tony was actually, he was arrested on the 13th of February. Okay. So like a couple weeks later, um, yeah. arrested February 13th. And he was, he was just going about his daily life. Yeah. Yep. He was actually, um, when they arrested him, he had actually was backing up kind of to the saloon because he was actually posting a video on Instagram. And he actually just got the video uploaded before he was arrested. So wow. it doesn't look like he's any kind of a dangerous person when he's busy just videotaping um, what's going on and everything that was unfolding, just like everybody else was videotaping. Right. Um, so January 20th, 29th, is that the first time that he went down there? Yeah. Okay. And then would he go a lot of days in between the 29th and the 13th? He never left. He stayed the whole time. He never left because a lot of them I see, yeah, they were down there. They kind of had like, like tents and, and they were, they were hanging out together and braving the, the cold and, and protesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, the first few days, the first few days was kind of beautiful. It was, uh, we had good warm weather and the, and the kids were out waving their flags and, you know, giving us bag lunches and, we, you know, thank, thanking the truckers and one on their horns honked. It was, uh, it was truly inspirational. And, and when you seen little kids saying, you know, this is the best freedom party I've ever been to, you know, mm -hmm. for the first time in, in years that the kids took the masks off their face and could see each other and hug each other. And we all knew what we were standing for, what was right. And Tony and I, neither one of us have children. And when we went down, we said, you know what, we're leaving this place a better place than when we came here. And and that was the concern. So, you know, and, and we're big people on ha keeping our God-given rights. I think that's very important. It really is. And uh, you're reminding me that it was that season where we were all wearing masks. Because when we went to Ottawa, the hotel was, you know, oh, mask this, mask that. And we just said, no, we don't do that. We're standing up. We're sovereign individuals. We'll take the risks that we feel we can take. And we're not wearing masks. And uh, they basically hated it, but they bowed. And pretty soon, all of us, you know, no one was wearing masks in the hotel, um, except the people that had no clue what all these non-mask wearing, you know, crazy uh, infidels are doing. But um, uh, so you're right. So the kids were down there and they were no longer under this tyrannical mask wearing. And there was this sense of freedom because that's really what the protest was about, what they were doing to Canadians, what, you know, uh, taking our, away our ability to choose for ourselves. I thought it was my body, my choice. You've heard that before, right? And it didn't seem to apply. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, you know what, for the first time we were down there, um, I actually had a broken foot at the time, so I was on crutches, so I had to get somebody to drive me around um, when I was outside the truck. But I tell you what, when you looked around and you seen people, it's, it was the happiest you'd ever seen people. Yeah. because they were there tr truly for the right reasons. And out of all this, you know, I can honestly say that out of the horrors, we're, tr we're all truly blessed for the people we've met through all mm. this because we, we would have never met 
everyone if it wasn't for these four men. And we'll be friends forever with everybody because um, we're all here for the right reasons. Right. So then February 13th, did they come in and take a whole bunch of guys? Because I don't think that uh, the four guys, uh, I, I remember talking to one of them about it because I've had conversations with Chris as well um, on the phone, but they didn't really know each other. Or maybe a couple knew each other, but they weren't all like buddies or anything. It was kind of separate incidences. Yeah, Chris and Chris have been uh, lifelong friends. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Chris and Jerry, Chris Carbert and um, Tony, um, they maybe met each other a couple times. Uh, maybe same with Chris Lysak. Um, okay. Yeah, they, they hard, the other ones hardly knew each other. So to have some kind of a conspiracy, I think you're going to have to be pretty good friends with people to have some kind of conspiracy. Well, that's the thing. And, and they held them all together for all of this time when there's no real relationship except the two Chris's. Now one Chris is out um, and the other's not. And dropping charges for a couple or, you know, uh, giving them an offer. And uh, all of it's really bizarre. What do you think? Uh, you probably know uh, Tony's case really well. What do you think is going on or what will happen? Well, you know what, it's... Uh... <laughs> Like Tony said, it's a game of chess. You're not sure which way they're, you know, we, we know all this is wrong. Um, you just sit there and, and every time you go into court, you just have to, there, there is no justice. Um, when you, you look at James Sauer and he, he's in jail for 10 months over running over a pylon. Um, yeah. It's really sad. And, and you know what they say, you know, they denied these guys bail because they're a risk or a threat to the public or public perception of the justice system. And, and I think more people are actually criticizing the justice system because, I mean, you've just let two of them out and if they're a danger to society, they you just let them walk free and you've dropped the most outrageous crime. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and when you got two men left that um, hardly knew each other, I do believe their narrative is falling apart. Um, and, the, and it's good because the public's getting engaged in this, the public's understanding that there's something wrong. And I think yes. the public is wanting answers and, and people are, are reaching out to MLAs, MPs, Danielle Smith, the justice minister, uh, Mike Ellis, the deputy, deputy, um, premier and wanting answers. And I think these elected officials need to be reminded that they work for us. We don't work for them. hundred percent. And have you been surprised at the silence? I mean, uh, it's Mocha, right, JT? Mocha was following and he's been there. Um, I wish I, I lived in Alberta. I certainly would be. I had people that were following for us that would report. We would report from right outside. You know, they'd call in because we wanted to know what just happened. But were you surprised that there hasn't been more coverage from maybe some of the, the larger uh, independent or, you know, right-leaning media? I'm not surprised. They can't tell the truth anyway. So, uh, you know, they just want to put out their big bling story of you got four terrorists in Alberta that are bad people and they're not getting that. And it's good that Mulk is their um, fantastic reporter. Um, you know, he yes. tells the truth and, uh, you know, I praise him for he's in the courtroom all the time and he's one of the only ones. They, they clear two benches in the courtroom for, for media and the benches are empty. They should just open them up for the people because uh, the media doesn't show up. Right. Wow. 
So Nikki, um, it, you know, it's so cool that you've been a good friend and he talks to you all the time. And obviously you make time to, to take that call. And we just thank you for that. Um, I am looking for the place. I know Granny Mackay has several things going. I mean, she's made little trinkets. Uh, there's this, uh, you know, coffee coffee uh, dates and there's one in Saskatchewan on February 14th. Different things like this, I guess, are going on, eh, to, to uh, help the guys. Um, and I'm not sure if you're aware of the exact uh, Give, Send, Go, Helping Tony yeah, the and gifts. Okay, yeah. Uh, the gifts, and, and Gord's got a Gifts and Go, and I actually started a Gifts and Go for Tony. And Chris Carbert has a Gifts and Go set up for him um, also. Um, okay, the donations good. Several are very, ways. Yeah. Yeah, the donations are very important. I mean, today I um, I had to spend seventy five hundred dollars of of Tony's money or sixty five hundred dollars on a on a, a lawyer for his health. Um, oh, we should never dear. have to have a lawyer to try and get him health care, you right. know. And, and still at this moment, he has been waiting a, a month to see a doctor. So, so what uh, what place is he in? What what he's in the Lethbridge the Lethbridge Correctional Facility. And I just want to encourage everybody. Um, I have a meeting on Thursday with three MLAs. Um, I have all the health records of Tony and of Chris and Chris Lysak. And I am having a meeting because um, there's a lot of injustices here. There's charter breaches. Um, their health their healthcare rates are, are being violated. Um, Alberta Human, they got breaches of the Alberta Human Rights Act. Um, these are serious violations, and people need to start asking questions, um, serious questions of why can't these people get proper health care? And in these remand centers, which most people don't understand, um, is just basically like a holding facility. If you're if you're waiting trial or you're you're serving a sentence that's two years or less, so when you would actually have more rights if you were in proper health care if you were actually in a if you were sentenced. Wow. And that has been uh, the, the cry is these remand centers, they're just hell on earth. Uh, you, you know, you're just not, you don't have the typical things that at least if you're sentenced, you get such and such and such. And it's, uh, you know, in what it's, for what it's worth, it's better than the remand center. And so, um, well, I um, actually, I actually, I actually have one lady who has been kind of a, uh, looking out for situations for me. And she actually reported to me the other day in the Calgary facility that an enemy had died and he had cut himself, but he didn't die from bleeding to death. He died from infection oh. and he had pneumonia. Mm -hmm. So why are inmates being allowed to get this sick and not being treated? And you know, like it's bad. What the People heck? need to understand it's bad. What's going on here? Do you have any idea like who's in charge of like, is there a minister that's in charge? Like, where does the buck stop? Is it the, the guy at the top of the food chain right inside the prison? What do they call them? The warden or, or, or whatever? Do you have the directors? Mm -hmm. Yep. But the, ma the main problem, yep. The main problem we're having is all the healthcare is actually run by Alberta Health Services. And even though, even like Chris, Chris Isaac had a mattress problem. Chris Isaac was six foot four, and his mattress was six feet six feet long. So four inches of Chris were not on a mattress every day. That was not a facility problem. That was an Alberta Health Services problem. 
with two of the guys, with Chris Isaac and, and Anthony, I've had to um, make um, claims on them, trying to get health care for them. Good for you. It's, it's sad, you know, but we're going to push it. And, and we have the public support. And I think as long as we have the public support, we need to keep pushing this. Um, Tom Angle's been another one. I encourage people to go read his articles. Um, it's scary what's going on in these facilities. And people are dying. Young people are dying because they're lack of medical treatment. Wow. Uh, Tom Engel, is that E-N-G-L-E? Yeah, E-N-G-L-E, yeah. Okay. And, uh, I could so be wrong. Yeah, Tom Engel. So he's writing uh, about what's going on in the prisons? He's an attorney, and um, he's act he represents um, prisoners and their rights, and he is very... E-N-G-L-E. If you ever get a chance to ask him for an interview, I would highly recommend him because um, he's been okay. trying to uh, blow, blow the whistle on this for a very long time. And Good. his articles are, people would be traumatized when you start reading them. Oh, gosh, that is not good at all. And here's Tony in there. And, and listen to him. Tony is just, you know, he's uh, just trusting the Lord and um, standing so strong and has such a great, you know, way about him that... Uh, you know, we can't, don't let his positivity and his strength from the Lord um, give us any impression that this is a cakewalk. This is very hard and, and inappropriate and unjust things are taking place. So yeah, he said, not good. He did say to me one, one day after court, he said to me, uh, Nikki, I don't know if I'm going to make it out of here alive. He said, I was so sick in court, I could hardly stand myself. And, you know, from, I have 200 pages of his medical records and um, it's rather disturbing. And this is why my meeting is so important on Thursday um, that this gets out. And, and uh, I want to know why MLAs aren't going to um, do visits on these facilities. Let's get these facilities audited and see what's going on in here because obviously there's a lot of injustice um, coming wow. from this. Yes. Okay, um, I'm just looking at my schedule. Nikki, could we maybe get an update from you after you've had a meeting and um, let, us, let us know next week what's happening? Um, you bet. Yeah, okay. So I'm, I am taping all next week. I'm doing a little bit of travel as well, but I am going to be having shows. So I'm going um, to ask Toby if she, I think maybe you were in touch with her or not, and Dominique, um, if they will uh, get a hold of you and, and book you in, okay, so that we can get the update. I want to hear, and we'd love to follow you through bet. on that, and we can make calls. We can get, you know, everyone phoning, AHS or whatever, and just, you know, honestly, like, this is pretty bad, and somebody needs to be held accountable, and we'll just have to keep blowing it bigger and bigger, you know, or maybe protests down there. Sometimes they... They can harm the guys, you know, because somebody's getting too much interference. And so we don't want that, you know, because we saw that well, in Tobolowski's situation. I keep, getting, I keep getting ignored very rapidly by the health minister here. So uh, I actually invited her to the meeting because I said, um, you know, she's been touring around the province uh, advocating for health care. And so then I said, uh, well, maybe she could join us via Zoom. And uh, that was a flat-on no. And Mocha's actually confronted her um, her office for an opinion on Tony's health care, never got an answer. Mm. And I actually did confront, uh, I had an MLA 
who um, the health minister had said to the RMLA that she had actually spoken to myself. And I said, I want you to call her out because she's never returned my call or never answered me. Wow. So it's, um, it's accountability time. It, it really is. And these are people's lives. Like, do they want that on, on their, uh, on their heads, you know? So this is the, um, Alberta health uh, minister, right? And, yeah. uh, I'm actually looking up the name cause I, I don't know who it's it is. Adriana LaGrange. Okay. Okay. I know this name. Yes. Adriana yep. LaGrange. Okay. I'm writing this down too. And, and, um, and Mickey Amory, because these facilities are, he's the justice minister, so he can, he can be looking into what is going on in these facilities. Okay. Okay. And Mike Ellis, the deputy premier, he, um, public health and safety. Okay. Well, there is phone yep. numbers and stuff that are listed. Um, maybe just a couple of little, um, you know, well-placed phone calls and questions on what is going on and yep. I, some accountability. I think if we keep pushing, if we keep pushing, there needs to be accountability because there is something that really stinks about this whole case and uh, why these men are being so uh, treated so poorly. Yes, absolutely. Thank you very and much, Nikki. Mm -hmm. You bet. And I think that we, that people, if the public needs a um, innocent until proven guilty. Yes. Yeah. And what these kind are of nonsense men. is this? I, I, Tony's yep. mom, she's just a doll, you know, she just loves her son so much and has done such a good job with him. And he's a wonderful person. You can tell Tony's a good guy, you know, and he mm -hmm. loves the Lord. And, um, and, and this is just, uh, horrendous. So wrong. So, so yep. unjust. So thank yep. you, Nikki, for being an advocate for Tony. That makes me feel really good. And he's in good hands. And thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm sure this has changed your life too. So what a story. You bet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What a story. Maybe you should think of like, keep all your notes and write a book on this or something, you know, you and Tony together or something. I don't know. I have this to present. There. Just this is a quarter of my stack to the meeting. Wow. Wow. Well, we pray God's favor on you then to get through to them. Thank you for arranging something like that. And this is, you know, this is citizens in action. You're really, you know, boots on the ground trying to help Tony. Thank you. What an advocate you are. That's wonderful. Well, what a blessing. It's a lot of work, but it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And most people who are doing courageous, uh, heroic work are doing it because it's just the right thing to do. I totally understand that. Thank you very much, Nikki. God bless you. Thanks Thank for talking you. to us. God All right. You. Take care. Take care. Wonderful. If you were in jail, wouldn't you want someone like Nikki looking out for you on the outside? I would. <laughs> I would want someone like that. Oh, I shouldn't say things out loud. Who knows? Um, anywho, um, she's, uh, sh she's a blessing. And so is Gord. Gord's fighting and he raised very good questions. You know, something is up with what is going on. Like where... Where's the country that we know and love of Canada? Where is that? My website is lauralyn.tv. Thank you very much. If you're able to help us to speak the truth and to get you information on what's truly happening. Do you know, I, I'll tell you something right now. If you watch this show every day, and you know, I know sometimes we're a bit long, you can fast forward. Um, but if you watch this show every day, one thing that you get is you get a lot of knowledge. You get a lot of truth. 
We, we cover a lot of areas, but we bring you the, the stories that are, might not be covered in mainstream. And we're letting you know what's going on behind the scenes. We cover what the WHO and the uh, New World Order uh, nut jobs are, you know, trying to do to us. Um, the problem we have with our, our food, you know, mechanisms and, you know, orders being, being messed with. Uh, there are people that do not care about us. They don't care about humanity. They, they really, they don't have a high value that they place on human beings. And so um, that, makes, that makes it kind of tough. But we're here, we're fighting, and we know one thing, that we are very valuable to God. So that's what we do here. We bring the power of the living uh, Word of God and his strength right into the middle of everyday situations. And it's so cool. You know, I don't think every show would really be highlighting Tony's uh, spiritual walk, but that's the most interesting thing to me is how he's just surviving all of this. So we appreciate you. We appreciate you supporting this kind of show. And it means everything to us because we don't get any big bucks from anywhere else. Um, JT and I uh, basically lost our jobs and uh, for, for different reasons, me for standing up and him for, you know, they're shutting down television. And uh, he lost his job of 32 years. And uh, this was quite a few years ago. And we kind of went, wow, what do we do now? You know, how do you, how do you regroup and figure it all out? And we did. And at the end of all of the drama and the pain and the loss and the worry um, and the trust, and the knowing that God was with us at the end of all of that, we're right here. So this is this is my density, JT, to sit here right with you. It's destiny, really. Um, and and we do this because we love the truth, and that this is a calling. This is a calling, and we know it's the right thing to do. And we're here. So my email for e-transfer is laurelinlive at protonmail.com. And if you would like to do snail mail, it's box 48184, Queensboro, New Westminster, BCV3M0A7. Thank you very much um, for taking good care of us. We, we appreciate it more than you could ever know. We really do. I want to read to you um, uh, something funny. Okay, I'm just looking here in my book. I have oh, it open to Joshua 8, and it says, AI destroyed. <laughs> it says AI destroyed. Like capital A and a little I. <laughs> you know, it might be good if AI would be destroyed, but I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to advance, and I think we have to be wise. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Take the whole army with you and go up and attack AI. It says that, okay, I'm not making it up. <laughs> For I have delivered into your hands the king of AI. His name is Elon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, having too much fun. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, his, his people, his city, and his land. You shall do to AI and its king as you did to Jericho and its king, except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourselves. Set an ambush behind the city. Isn't that interesting? 
except that you may carry off their plunder and livestock for yourselves. I wonder if God didn't let them last time uh, carry off the plunder and the livestock, you know, not take, like sometimes God ordered that, you know, when he would, when people would go to war, he'd say, you got to kill every last sheep and goat and chicken, and you got to leave nothing alive, you know, because this is a very uh, cursed people. And so in this situation, I guess they were allowed to keep the livestock and the plunder of AI. Is this prophetic? I'm just wondering. <laughs> AI destroyed. All right, go up and kill AI. So Joshua and the whole army moved out to attack AI. And he chose 30,000 of his best fighting men and sent them out at night with these orders. Listen carefully. You are to set an ambush behind the city. Don't go very far from it. All of you be on the alert. I and all those with me will advance on the city. And when the men come out against us, as they did before, we will flee from them. They will pursue us until we have lured them away from the city, for they will say they are running away from us as they did before. So when we flee from them, you are to rise up from ambush and take the city. The Lord your God will give it into your hand. And when you have taken the city, set it on fire. Do what the Lord has commanded. See to it, you have my orders. <laughs> I wonder, what is God telling us to be strong and courageous? What is he giving us? the strategy in order to defeat. Is it AI? Is this a sign? I don't know. Someone a little while ago, I was saying, are you ready to embrace AI and, you know, get the best out of it? And oh my goodness, I got all kinds of flack for that. And we're, we're not supporting AI. What's, what's wrong with Laura Lynn? Somebody has like seized her account. And, and so they were concerned. But what I was, what I was saying is that um, AI, just like the internet, just like television, uh, just like these certain things that, you know, come into our lives, the enemy, yes, can use them. And they always bring an assault of evil. They always do. But, but let's be early executors of finding the good so that we can reach all people so that we can evangelize and many more people will know about Jesus. That's how we use AI. God bless. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.